It's time for the Rural News with Sally Murphy. Kia ora, Sally, and thousands of cattle are set for slaughter in mid-Canterbury. That's right. Today marks the next phase of efforts to eradicate cattle disease Microplasma bovis. MPI's controlled area notice begins today in the Wakanui area near Ashburton, where some of the last farms with the disease are located. Kim Moody reports. The controlled area notice means no cattle can come in or out of the area from today. Of the 14 farms under the notice, eight will be completely cleared of stock, as well as the massive Ansco feedlot, which houses 12,000 cattle. In a statement, Ansco Foods says the phase depopulation process has been planned, so the processing site can operate as close to business as usual, with the site being emptied by the end of the year. The other eight farms being culled will be emptied by mid-January. The chair of the Mid-Canterbury Rural Support Trust, Josh Donditman, says the group has been working closely with affected farmers. You're actually going, going to talk to them and assess what needs they have and just helping them. Like It's very, very stressful time. Having been through the process of being in a restricted movement control myself before, it's about listening to, listening to maybe their frustrations and helping them work through some solutions whether it's needing some counselling for themselves or getting a farm consultant to help them do a feed budget because they can't move their stock. We're there to connect to those farmers with what they need in the community and just remind them to be positive and we will get through it together. He says anyone in the area who needs support should pick up the phone. We're definitely seeing people come, come via the R800 number. And just, and just to make it clear, it's not just the farm owner or the shear milker. It's, we want to make sure every staff member that's on those farms, if they, they have any concerns, to ring the 0800 number. Your job security, their pet cow could be going on the trucks. You don't know these things, so just you know, get on the phone and have a chat to us. MPI says the controlled area notice will remain in place for about six months. After depopulation, the feedlot and farms will be cleaned and have a stand-down period before being repopulated. A farming company and an earthworks contractor have been fined more than $76,000 for causing environmental damage in a North Waikato stream that left 48 eels dead. Gregan Farms Limited and Steve Barker Limited have been convicted for damaging nearly 1,400 metres of a tributary of the Waikato. Waitakaruru River in February last year. Waikato Regional Council spokesperson Patrick Lynch says an inspection of the stream after the earthworks showed significant sediment deposits in the watercourse. He says damage done to the area and the local species will take some time to fix. Farmers not wanting to take on more stock is keeping store cattle prices subdued. AgriHQ senior analyst Mel Crowe says soggy wet conditions, especially in the North Island, means farmers are focusing, focused on managing what they've already got and are not buying any more. One year steers that are approximately 250 kilos in the paddocks are about 40 cents a kilo more expensive in comparison to last year, and this is right across the country. However, relative to schedule, this class does still look viable. Um, according to the five-year average, this class typically trades at 64% of schedule. At current paddock prices, they are trading at under 60% of schedule. But look, in saying that, with slaughter prices either at or close to the seasonal peak, buyers have likely reached a ceiling in terms of what they'll pay for one-year-olds. At current prices, it, it is a big outlay, and there's no way of knowing where prices will be this time next year, and that will determine what margins will be made. But Mel Crowd says older steers, which are held for a shorter term, have been in high demand recently because of strong prime export slaughter prices. 
Meanwhile, food prices remain at a 13-year high. StatsNZ's latest figures show food prices were 8.3% higher in September than a year before. Fruit and vegetable prices are up 16%, with most of the upwards trend being put down to higher prices for capsicums, tomatoes and broccoli. Prices for meat, poultry and fish increased by 6.7%. Potato exports are rebounding from lows experienced during the pandemic, but an industry expert says excess profits will likely only cover increasing input costs. Exports to key markets plummeted in late 2020, but the head of Potatoes New Zealand, Chris Claridge, says demand appears to be on the up, and the industry's been buoyed by consistent demand from the Pacific Islands. We export two types of potato products. We export fresh potatoes to the Pacific Islands, That continued under COVID. They still keep purchasing. Prices were depressed because, of course, Pacific Islands didn't have their normal tourism trade, so there wasn't as much money and as much demand. But that's coming back, and we export about 20,000 tonnes of potatoes a year to the islands. Chris Claridge says demand is also increasing from Australia, one of our biggest buyers of frozen fries, as more people return to bars and cafes and order the ever-popular cider fries. Principally, we export the majority of our crop to the Australian market, and that's been under pressure because of, in the past, dumping, in our view, by European frozen price suppliers into the Australian market. But it is coming back. The prices are lifting. There's increased demand in Australia and worldwide. And as well, coupled with that, there are considerable shortages now in Europe because of their massive drought that they've just experienced and because of their cost pressures and of course availability of nitrogen in Europe because of the Ukraine war is impacting on agricultural production generally. Chris Claridge says while the turnaround is pleasing, increasing input costs for growers means excess profits will go towards making ends meet. And just lastly, dairy farmers are being encouraged to have their say on their preferred candidates for the Dairy NZ Board of Directors by voting. Dairy NZ's board consists of five farmer-elected and three board-appointed directors who serve a three-year term. Farmer voting closes on Monday with the successful candidates being announced at Dairy NZ's annual meeting in Invercargill next Tuesday. Tuesday. And that's the rural news. Koirate Porongo o te taifenoa.